Timberwolves are not in the NBA Finals, but some former Timberwolves, some people with Timberwolves connections, one team that was built by a current Timberwolf employee are in the NBA Finals. That makes things fairly interesting for the locals. Let's talk about it here on the John Krasinski Show with, yes, John Krasinski from The Athletic. I'm Jim Suhan from The Star Tribune. Brandon Morton is our producer. We're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services Studio. Thanks to our sponsors, TSR Injury Law, Head Flyer Brewing, All Energy Solar, and Manscaped. And thank you for listening. Best way to listen to the show or any show on our network. Subscribe to your favorite podcast app. We do appreciate it. All right, so many angles here, but let's get to the closest thing to Timberwolves news or speculative news, which is that uh, Tim Connolly is not leaving the Timberwolves for the Washington Wizards. That's right, Jim. So, yeah, at, at the end of last week, um, while we were on a little break, um, the w- w- Wizards did make a, a, a hire for their president of basketball operations, really for their president of monument sports, which oversees uh, the Wizards and the Mystics and, and is a much bigger job than just GM. But they hired Michael Winger, who was the GM of the Los Angeles Clippers. And if that name sounds familiar, Wolves fans will remember, he was on the initial target list that the Timberwolves had when they were starting to do interviews uh, for the job that ultimately went to Gerson Rosas. Uh, Early on in the process, Michael Winger pulled out of that consideration for the Timberwolves job and remained in Los Angeles with the Clippers, working for Steve, or working for the owner there, who just pays an ungodly sums of money to to everyone on his um, Steve Ballmer to everyone on his on his payroll. So Winger stayed, and now uh, a few years later, he is the one who gets the job in Washington for for Ted Leonsis, kind of taking over that operation and that really ensures that the wizards are not going to try to poach Tim Connolly from Minnesota. And early on in the process, I think there was real legitimate interest um, from the part of sort of everyone around the wolves to see if the wizards would come after Tim Connolly. I think there are a lot of people who believe that that could be the case. Connolly had interviewed there before uh, when he was in Denver. He's from the Baltimore area, so it's home for him and his wife. And there's a lot of sort of intrigue. Would he leave? Um, you know, would he stay uh, for for that? But ultimately, it never really came uh, to any any close to any possibility of that happening because Connolly wasn't interviewed for the job this time around. They never, the Wizards never asked for permission to talk to Tim Connolly. Uh, so he is staying here and staying put and giving the Wolves some stability and continuity going forward. And so they don't have to dive back into any kind of a search. And um, and I think that's probably good news. As much as some Wolves fans want to see some real change after the Rudy Gobert trade and, and after a, an underwhelming season, I think keeping Tim Connolly and, and, and Chris Finch together is probably a good idea here. Did you, you know, did you think it was interesting the way Connolly answered questions about it? Was when Connolly answered questions about it before this finality emerged, did you think he was being coy? Is that the way he usually uh, handles things? Did you think he had interest? How did you read his 
his his language and body language. Yeah, I will say this, Jim. Certainly, the way that he answered questions, with with which was not certainly the most emphatic. I asked him the day uh, if in the exit interviews right after the season was over. Um, I believe Chad Hartman asked him uh, on 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 his WCCO program uh, a couple of weeks after that, just looking for some definitive answer. Do you want to be in Minnesota? Will you be staying in Minnesota? And Connolly kind of towed the line a little bit. Now, here's where I think it gets interesting in the way that I look at how he answered those questions. I think that Tim Connolly has a little bit of Mark Coyle in him for Minnesota. That's a terrible thing fans. to say about someone. I, it's it's not a good thing to say from a public speaking perspective. I I think that um, messaging and sort of uh, delivering straight to the point answers sometimes is not Tim Connolly's strong suit. And I I did not interpret his the way that he answered those questions as him being um necessarily wishy-washy or 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 maybe um you know kind of taking it as a sign of oh he definitely wants to get out of here and he wants to any he, and he wants to go to uh to Washington but I do think I I interpreted as him just really not giving clear cut answers to those questions and 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 being a little bit more diplomatic in that process but the problem I think for Tim Connolly in that in those moments was that fans would read those quotes and they didn't sound good when you read them in the newspaper online at the athletic wherever you saw them um certainly even if you listen to them live in the press conferences it seemed like well you're not exactly answering the questions and i think that that's from a perception standpoint is not a very good look for the way that he was kind of going about it. And you, I think fans wanted to hear, or, you know, maybe even people in the organization want to hear, I, I don't want to go to Washington. I, my job is not done here in Minnesota. We like it here. We want to make things work here. We we're confident that we can do that. And he just didn't go that, that to the point on, on his answers. And so I think it was more of a messaging issue because I, I think Tim Connolly felt like he was being a little more emphatic than he actually was. It sound what sounded like in his head did not sound that way uh, coming out of his mouth, and certainly did not read that way when you looked at the quotes on on a on a sheet of paper or on a screen. And so, I I don't think it was as obvious as oh man, uh, Tim Connolly would leave here in a heartbeat to go take the Washington job, and that's. That's definitely the, the 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 way that we should infer things coming off of those answers. It was just that he's not very skilled in that part of the job of of delivering sometimes the straightforward uh, answers that everyone wants to hear. Um, but I do think that now that this is over, and now that it's definitely you know definitively not happening, um, I think it's going to be important for really the entire organization and and Tim in particular to just like sort of recalibrate and hey like this is this is the group that is going to be here going forward it's time to kind of make sure that everyone knows that um the, that 
this is the Timberwolves front office. Put it together. Everyone's staying. And you're all trying to build on the successes of last year and really fix some of the failures of last year. And everyone's in the in the same boat, rowing in the same direction. And so I, I would imagine over this last week or two, especially as it became abundantly clear that this was not going to happen, that steps are being taken to make sure that everyone feels like, hey, this is this is the way it's going to be. We are all here. We're with the Timberwolves. This is uh, this is there's no other direction to go now but forward. And and we'll see how they kind of handle that going forward here. And this, you know, last year, last summer when they hired Connolly, I looked at this organization and said, this is the most professional yeah. this organization's ever looked. The owner spending money and staying out of the way, hiring hiring true experts, uh, you know, hiring a, a coach who's both skilled and very likable and personable, uh, you know, having having depth in the coaching staff, having depth on the roster, having depth throughout the organization. I thought that was – and, and – just because the season didn't turn out the way they would have hoped, I don't want to pretend that that can't still exist. Uh, this still is probably the best set up the the uh, the Timberwolves have been to taking a shot at something. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I do agree, and and it sounds it's going to sound for Timberwolves fans who are really upset about the Gobert trade about kind of how things went down, it is going to sound like I, you know, am being apologetic or, um, or just kind of cozying up to them. But that's, that's not my case at all here. Um, I believe that Tim Connolly and Chris Finch are a, and a very, very good leadership tandem may, um, among the best leadership tandems that this organization has ever had in terms of just competence, in terms of talent evaluation, in terms of uh, the work environment, in terms of their their ability to execute at a really high level their respective jobs. The coach and the GM here now are really formidable. Now, here's what cannot be disputed. The Rudy Gobert trade right now um, if if it does not improve, if Rudy does not have a bounce back season, if if things don't kind of progress in a meaningful way, it looks like a bad deal and a potentially very bad deal if you're really hamstrung going forward with the salary cap, with your future draft picks, and you don't get elite level production from Rudy and an elite fit that allows this team to win series in the playoffs. Um so that is that is right now it looks like a bad deal. Um there are executives all over the league who make bad deals. Um and and so that's part of the job that, but it's how you sort of rebound from that and over time what does the aggregate look like in terms of your good deals versus your bad deals? And, you know, the Mike Conley trade was a great trade for for Tim Conley. We will see how Wendell Moore and Josh Minot develop. Um, but if they can turn into rotation players, those could be good picks. You have um, then you look at Kyle Anderson. Great signing. What are they going to do this summer? What are their moves that are going to happen to continue to build out the resume of Tim Conley? Because he did build as you alluded to at the start of the show he did build the denver nuggets into a championship team and it wasn't just 
because he got lucky with Nikola Jokic in the second round of the draft. There were so many more moves that were made under his watch to get that team where it needed to be. And he's well thought of around the league with relationships with agents, with relationships with players, with how he sort of runs an organization that um, I, I believe when you look at the NBA finals, the Denver Nuggets, the Miami Heat, and how those two organizations are defined by, by chemistry, by long-term cohesion and continuity and stability, um, I think that the Wolves best path forward to try and become much more consistent than they have ever been in their lives is to keep these two guys together and let them run the show for an extended period of time and see if over time all of the moves sort of add up in a good way and get them in into a good position. But um, I have seen GMs who are overmatched in this, in this job multiple times for the Timberwolves. Uh, Tim Conley is not one of them. So far, the Rudy Gobert trade is a bad deal, um, but uh, but I think that he can. I think he's a really good GM, and I think that uh, over time, I think that will bear out. I have some more thoughts on that issue. I think that there's some more meat on that bone. Let's uh, let's take care of our business side of the business here first, though. Let's thank TSR Injury Law. You know the deal: six one two TSR time six one two TSR time. If you're injured. Call them. They'll take care of you. They will not charge you unless they win your case, and they win lots of cases. They are a great success story because they take good care of their clients. 612-TSR-TIME. Now let's hear about Head Flyer Brewing. Head Flyer Brewing, Northeast Minneapolis, got all sorts of beers uh, that you could want, anything under the sun, including Crunch Time, which is our citrus wheat beer that collaborates with myself, with Talk North, um, and it's just the perfect kind of beer to sit out on their patio, sit out on your patio and, and have one or two of them on what was a beautiful Memorial Day weekend. And if you don't want beer, if you're not a beer drinker, that's OK. Head Flyer Brewing has stuff for you as well. They have the Cranberry Lime Seltzer that you can stop in if you're looking for something a little just more refreshing on the seltzer side of things. Headflyer Brewing can take care of you there. Also, watch their Instagram feed. It's at Headflyer Brew. They'll have giveaways all summer long. They just gave away some Saints tickets um, over the last week for for uh, for free. And so, just keep an eye on Headflyer Brew on Instagram for special promotions, for giveaways, for all sorts of things like that. Headflyer Brewing, Northeast Minneapolis. There's a lot to worry about when running a business. Your utility bill shouldn't be at the top of that list. Solar energy cuts down on unpredictable utility costs, making your job just a little easier. Find out more about how your business can go solar at allenergysolar.com slash learn. If you're a, a private resident, all energy solar panel installations are done right and made easy thanks to more than 14 years of experience in Minnesota and beyond. Visit allenergysolar.com slash coach for your free solar evaluation. Now let's hear from John on Manscaped. Playoffs? Are you talking about playoffs? That's right. The playoffs are here and your friends at Manscaped are here too. And they're making sure your balls are as kissable as the Stanley Cup. Whether you're an NBA or NHL guy, you'll want to give your nuggets the best clippers to rid them of pubes and help them see the summer sun. Don't let your little devils go wild. Use the Lawnmower 4.0 and get your boys as smooth as jazz. You can have the balls of kings by going to manscaped.com and using the code ATHLETIC for 20% off plus free shipping. 
Manscaped is the champion of men's grooming. You know why they call their staple product the Performance Package 4.0? Because it's the best way to get your body ready for elite playoff level performance. This full package is stacked with the best of the best. It all starts with the Lawnmower 4.0. These Lawnmower 4.0s are the greatest pube warriors. They make body hair removal as easy as a Steph Curry three pointer. The Lawnmower 4.0 doesn't only make you easy on the eyes, but it's easy on your skin with its skin safe technology that reduces your playoff list nicks and cuts. Manscaped has been working hard and brewing up the new and improved Weed Whacker 2.0. With a better shape and motor, there's no question the Weed Whacker 2.0 for nose and ear is the most improved player of the year. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code athletic at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping with the code athletic at manscaped.com. I'm going to get philosophical here. I think sometimes the unit of the season inhibits clear thinking. Uh, And what I mean by that is we're so invested and teams hype up their season so much. Teams have to hype their season. They want season ticket sales. They want people to be invested. They want people to show up for as many games and watch as many games as possible. So they hype it. uh, And it kind of means what that means is at the end of the season, if you don't get what you want, you're so disappointed. You want to see everybody fired and everybody, everything start over. And as somebody who covered baseball for a long time and thinks that in more in terms of blocks of two, three, four, five seasons, you know, the go bear trade does not look good right now. The Towns injury had as much to do with that as anything, I believe. And we might have a completely different view of the trade a year or two from now. Absolutely. And and hey, like if they had Jaden McDaniels and Nas Reed in the yeah. playoffs, I'm not saying they beat the Nuggets, but you can make an argument that so far the Timberwolves have played the Nuggets as well as any team in the playoffs, and they were shorthanded. Um, and so here's here's where I sit as we evaluate how this has gone so far. I am not going to tell Timberwolves fans that they should just, you know, smile and enjoy what they just saw last season. When you make a deal for Rudy Gobert for the the size of the package that you gave up to get him, you immediately put much more expectations on your team and much more pressure on this whole project to work out over the next two to three years than had you stayed pat and made more moves that were closer to margin moves that were just quite more tweaks. This was an overhaul. This was adding a 30 year old center um, to the mix to win soon. Not maybe right now, not immediately this second, but certainly in the first two to three years of this deal. And so when you see it go the way that it did. And when Rudy has gone through long stretches of the season where you're like, man, this guy is not the same player that he was in Utah. What, you know, what are we getting uh, going forward here? It's okay for Timberwolves fans to be concerned about that, to be less than satisfied with what they saw in that regard. Um, And so holding, sort of the organization's feet to the fire and, and, and making it clear that you are no longer just happy with a one and done playoff season as, as everyone was a year ago. That's okay. Like that, you know, you can, 
you can feel that and and go forward with that and 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 that's sort of the the lot that the Timberwolves have cast themselves in by making a deal like this but also just because it didn't result in a run to the western conference finals this season um doesn't mean you blow it up uh it does not mean that the right move is to fire tim conley to fire chris finch and to restart the whole process of charting a new course with new leadership. Um, you look at, you know, Finch is the only head coach besides Flip Saunders in Timberwolves history to lead the team to back-to-back playoffs. Um, that means something. And especially, as you said, Jim, in a season where you missed your second best player for the majority of the season. And and then you also dealt with so many other illnesses, other injuries, you know, uh, inconsistencies, things of that nature. There were some things that you can look at this season and say, you know what? It wasn't a complete disaster. It wasn't something that um, you can't come back from, that you can't build upon. So uh, the the problem that this organization has had forever and ever is there has been constant turnover in its leadership positions and most of the time it's been rightfully so Tibbs should have been fired as president of basketball operations Gerson Rosas should have been fired for his actions as as president uh, David Kahn Kurt Rambis you know go up and down the line so many of the guys who have come in here have come in here and failed at what they were supposed to do or at failed in how they were stewards of the franchise and so they needed to go um, but you have two guys now that lead in a quality way. Um, and, and so I think that trying to give them time to establish an identity and build and move forward is the way that you can sort of give yourself the best chance to avoid the peaks and valleys and mostly valleys. Let's be honest that this organization has been in for so long. It's, you know, so many people around here are used to just everyone being fired within a year, two years of getting this job. And that cycle has to change and has to be broken sometime or else there's just no way that this that this franchise is ever going to become competent. And so, um, you know, you have Anthony Edwards now you have Finch and Connolly. just try and keep all this group together and see what happens. See if they find ways to work with Rudy Gobert better. See if Rudy comes back a little more motivated with a little more chip on his shoulder after um, really kind of being having one of his poorer seasons in recent memory. Like, there's a lot of things that can happen, but um, it it it's, it doesn't have to be completely dead, completely unsalvageable. And we'll just we'll see if these guys are up to the challenge. We'll get more into these topics as the summer moves on and we get more of a sense of what the Wolves are planning. For right now, let's do let's do a brief NBA Finals preview. We'll talk more about the details of most of both teams and Jimmy Butler and everything else going forward. But just what's your overall view of this matchup? Um, the overall view is I, I think it's great. Um, I think these are the two teams that played the most serious basketball in the playoffs this season. The Celtics were messing around a bunch of times. Uh, the Sixers certainly weren't up for it. The Lakers were way too 
uh, inconsistent and uh, the Warriors just never could get things going. And so there are going to be people who say, oh, it's Denver against Miami. Um, It's, uh, you know, there's there's no um you know there's no lakers no celtics no warriors this is going to be a bad poorly rated finals who's going to who's going to watch this i think the league needs a series like this because i think for too long it's been too reliant on market size it's been too reliant on the big you know lebron james or the steph curry to to carry its interest it needs to figure out how to market the game and this is what this series is about. It's about the game. These two teams play great basketball. They play team basketball. I think Denver is certainly um, the 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 heavy favorite in this series, but but the Heat have been so resilient. So I can't wait to watch it. I think it's going to be high level quality basketball, and I I'm looking forward to a a finals where the focus is on the game and not on sort of the drama and the theatrics around it as much. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. Exactly. I I see so much intelligence and toughness in this series. Uh, Jokic controls a game like nobody else, uh, and he's not going to do any windmill dunks. Jimmy Butler, the way he grinds down opponents, he makes the right decision. The way he plays, makes the right play both ends of the floor in transition. Uh, He just there's so much basketball intelligence on display here. Two excellent coaches. Uh, the best players are also the smartest players. The role players know how to fit into the system that their coach has provided for them. I, I love it when the NBA is so obvious, obviously about more than physical ability. Yeah, and and here's the thing, too, is that um, Nikola Jokic is the best player in the league right now. Yep. And, yes, he, he is not sort of the megawatt star that a LeBron is or a Steph is, even like a Luka Doncic or some of those other players, but this – Having him on this stage um, and giving him this opportunity now allows the league to feature him in a way that they have not been able to or that they they were reluctant to or, or however you want to determine it um, for, for most of his career. And so this sort of forces a larger audience to at least engage and, 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 and get a chance to see how great this guy is really is and it could change perceptions and change the minds of maybe the more casual fan who doesn't know anything about the two-time MVP who um is it, it doesn't watch Denver because they're not on the Christmas schedule sometimes or they're not on uh you know as many national TV games and things like that now you get to really experience this guy this passing savant this unbelievable um just weirdly unique player who who pulls the strings of an entire series all by himself and you know now now he gets to be featured and now the league gets to figure out okay what works and what resonates with fans when they watch Nikola Jokic and how do we build off of that rather than sort of just kind of always going to Lakers Knicks Celtics, Warriors, like this should give them a chance to really workshop that. Okay, how do we make fans really identify with Nikola Jokic and with the Denver Nuggets and let a new fresh face and a fresh team 
burst onto the scene here because it's a team that I think a lot of fans would be really interested in and would really enjoy. I mean, listening to Michael Malone in a press conference is awesome. Um, and, and so I think that's good for the league. I think they need to get out of the habit of just leaning on the Lakers, the Celtics, leaning on LeBron, leaning on Steph, the Warriors, and find more, be more creative and more imaginative with what they put together here. And I think this series is going to offer, offer that opportunity to do that. Yeah, I love watching Steph. I love watching LeBron. I love watching yeah. Giannis. But I don't enjoy – I don't think I enjoy watching them any more than I watch enjoy watching Nikola Jokic. And as you said, mm-hmm. Jokic is fresh and he's yeah. different and he plays the game differently and he thinks the game differently. Uh, I'm just as just as thrilled to watch I'm, – I'm more thrilled to watch Jokic right now than anybody else in the league. For sure. He's just, he's highly entertaining. Um, you know, I, I think like it, the, one of the interesting comparisons is Tim Duncan in San Antonio. And Duncan was a guy who did not want media attention, who was not flashy, who just went about his business and was really underrated for his entire career for how just fantastic of a player that he was and an unbelievable winner. But Jokic is more enjoyable to watch just on a like, on yeah. a play-by-play basis than Duncan um, because of just like all the highlight plays that he has, the incredible shot making, the, 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 the passing, like all of these things, like he is a highlight reel in and of himself. And so everyone eventually needs a stage like this to really have a chance to kind of rock it into another level of stardom. And I know that Jokic does not want that, like is not interested in that part of things, but the NBA is certainly interested in it. The Denver Nuggets would benefit greatly from him ascending to a higher plane in terms of popularity and fandom and things like that. And so I think this is a perfect opportunity for him to be able to do that. And oh, by the way, he gets to do it against a real kind of villain type character in Jimmy Butler, who um, is kind of one of those NWO villains um, of the past where like back when, you know, the NWO in, in WCW was, was at its peak, like they were the bad guys, but everyone loved them. And I think like, that's what Jimmy Butler is for most people outside of Minnesota. And, and even a lot of people in Minnesota, it's like, man, he can be a villain, man. He can be a, you know, um, a bleep hole sometimes, but God, I love watching him play. I love listening to him. I love all of that. And so there's, that's a super compelling character as well and foil against the best player in the league. And so to watch these two and what they do to go head to head, Spolster and Malone are two of the best coaches. Like it's going to be, it's going to be a, a really fun and entertaining series. I think. Oh, no doubt about it. Uh, Okay, we're going to talk more about that next week. Thanks for listening. Again, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. If you like the show or any other shows on the network, you can also hear John on the Viking Update Show. Thanks again to Brandon Morton, and we will talk to you soon.